The only constant in business is change. Welcome to Trends, Bends, and Opportunities, the show that explores business ups, downs, and possibilities. I'm Pat Lynch, and I'm a retired police supervisor, and now I teach and mentor real estate agents who are looking to stand out above the rest. My partner is Dr. Lauren Murfield. He's a former college professor who now works with business leaders, small and large, to do what they never thought possible. Together, we're Doc and the Cop, and we're here to help you think bigger, reach higher, and do what you never thought possible in order to deliver disruptive success for today's world. Let's go. Hey, welcome back. I'm Pat Lynch, and I am the co-host uh, here, or your host, on Trends, Bends, and Opportunities. And my co-host might look a little bit different. Happy hour started early for him. Say hello to uh, Dr. Lauren Murfield. Hey, how's everybody doing today? I think it is, you know what, Pat? It is 6 o'clock in Iceland. So We're she can be drinking at Riesling, or what? Uh, no, it because I, I was looking for a place that it was three hours earlier. That's the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. I don't know if there is something three hours earlier that is a place. But anyway, it's five o'clock somewhere, six o'clock somewhere. It's time to stop whining and what? Start whining. Whining. So uh, great. This is going to be fun. We've looked forward to this a long time. And uh, Patch, we just, we, we will tell them that coming Monday, Dr. Raul Mir is talking about humor, but he's not just talking about humor, we're gonna have humor. We're gonna do some fun stuff. Then we're gonna go traveling on Tuesday. And anyway, they can look at the rest later. Right now, we wanna get right to it, don't we, Pat? I'd say, you know, there's no time like the present. Um, this episode has aged enough, I know. Wine humor. That's what you're going to get yeah. from me. Sorry, Karen. I think we'd better go ahead and introduce her before you get too far into that wine humor. <laughs> hey, folks, we have got somebody special for you today. Not only is she on the Board of Governors at the Center Club, not only has she done all kinds of other things, worked in computers and all this other stuff. We can go on our line. I want to get right to it. Her background says it all. Let's welcome the cork queen, Karen Cook. Karen, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for asking me. I'm looking forward to chatting with you guys today. What a uh, what an exciting time. Uh, we, Karen and I, uh, you know, you you and I have talked about uh, this. It's always exciting uh, opening a business and being a part of that. Um, there's just a energy that goes with it, and you had it all planned all along to do it right in the middle of a national shutdown uh, in a worldwide pandemic, right? Yeah, not quite. That was not the plan, but you make it work. So we, they normally they say when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade, but when life gives you grapes... You make wine. There you go. Take your shoes off and start stomping, right? There you go, yep. <laughs> so, Karen, where did this idea for Cork Queen come up with? So, as you guys know, you've come to some of the Wine Down Wednesdays we've had. I've been doing wine since, well, a long, long time, I'll put it that way. Um, got my start up in Mackinac Island at the Grand Hotel. Um, I started as a bartender there, and then I got, after a couple of years, I became the beverage controller, and they said, all right, you have to know about wine, because if someone wants to order a certain kind of wine, 
and I was a beer girl and I'm like yeah I don't think so but that was part of the job and um, so I started learning about things and then it kind of became a passion I found out it's not just you know a red white the red wine or a white wine it's there's so many different levels to it and so um, probably probably more for the past 10 15 years though I started really getting more and more into wines um, tasting I started the wine down Wednesday you know the motto you guys have been there taste everything try everything you don't know if you're gonna like it or not unless you try it and palettes do change as they mature and so then after that I decided I wanted to um, get my W set which is everyone asks it's not a psalm I'm not a sommelier W set is wine and spirit education trust so they're more focused on the uh, education part Sommeliers, I would never take those tests. I could never do it. They are the ones who you go to a restaurant. What do you recommend? They know. So when I talk to people about service, that's a psalm, and I'm more education. So I love, I don't know, sharing with people things that I've learned. In fact, my friends, we go to dinner sometimes, and they'll have a wine. I say, so do you want me to tell you about that wine, or should I just shut up? And of course, it's like, yeah, tell us about the wine if I know it. Um, so that part's fun. I have a, one friend who goes to a restaurant, texts me the wine menu. And says what do I get <laughs> so I'm like okay this one and so they've been pretty happy about that but the whole idea is since we did the wine down Wednesday I thought you know we were be able to purchase wine through another vendor I said why not why shouldn't I be that vendor and the whole idea of opening the shop was not to open a wine shop because uh, there's so many in Tampa but it was more having and it wasn't a tasting room either it was an education place so it would be run just like we and you guys know the wine down Wednesday we have a vendor come in, you taste a number of wines. If you want to purchase them, you can. If you don't, you don't. But it's more what's the education. So that was kind of the idea. And with the whole COVID-19, um, that kind of got shut down. So we went to plan B. So, yeah, obviously, uh, you know, there's, there's no time uh, to pivot than when you're forced to pivot. <laughs> and, and I know how difficult it was uh, dealing with, you know, getting all the li proper licensing and everything else. Um, so how do you pivot in the middle of this? And then what, so what's, what's the, at least the temporary business look like? Um, so we, yeah, so we adapted by, um, the whole idea was having people come in. Well, that can't happen. So we said, oh, and we were going to have a website up so you can purchase wine. We've actually had to kind of put that into high gear. But in the meantime, I started doing emails to, you know, a couple dozen people I know that drink wine. We start there and say, hey, I can get these wines. And I started with the pre-sale so that I actually could purchase the wines, you know, they're sold basically before I could, um, you know, ha have them sitting in inventory. The whole idea is not to have a lot of inventory. So I did that. And then next week I started out with another one, expanded the list. Some people passed the list to someone else. Um, I've had some people say, uh, I had one lawyer say, would you take a gift to a client? So it's like, yep, what do you want? They wrote a note. I delivered it. You know, I picked the wine they wanted, delivered it. So um, I have a virtual tasting tonight for 19. Um, you know, another, another business who wants to do something for their clients. So my adaptation was we went to online sales um, instead of the education sit and, sit and chit chat. So that seems to be the case right now. So, so tell us I, more about that virtual wine tasting. That that just sounds fantastic. Well, I I definitely got to ask that because I'm wondering is it like a virtual dinner where they pretend <laughs> cook me food? Because um, yeah, I just got an empty glass here and 
that doesn't that's that's not exactly my kind of tasting so tell tell me about tell us about the virtual wine tasting so the the start was i did a virtual basically with um the south Tampa chamber of commerce and it was more of a um, wine 101 we just talked about the business talked about different kinds of wines everyone had whatever they wanted they wanted and then we did the same thing with working with tampa bay so a client reached out to me and says i want to do something with my clients um how can we each of them get the same thing we're all drinking the same thing so i had to noodle on it a little bit and i thought about having the small bottles but to be honest those small bottles are really not really good wine and if you get good wine in the very small bottles, then it costs almost as much as a full bottle. Hmm. So we did a little adaptation and we, we got this, these special bottles that, you know, sterilized bottles with, they have a heat sealed uh, oil on top. So we went ahead and found three kinds of wines they wanted to do. Well, actually the person, the client doesn't even know what the wines are, so she wanted to play also. So, um, so we went ahead and, and put three bottles each for each client and heat sealed everything else, labeled them one, two, and three wrapped them up in nice tissue paper in a gift bag. And this morning I spent two and a quarter hours delivering them. So tonight at six, we will be getting our wine glass and they'll be, we'll chit chat a little bit. We'll talk about wine number one and they'll get the chance. We've done this before with you guys. What's it smell like with the five S's? You know, what's it look like? What's it smell like? Swirl it, taste it. And then let them see if they can put a couple thoughts of what they may be drinking. And then we'll go to the second one and go to the third one. Neat. Very neat way to do that. So where do you think it'll go? You, you think that, you know, the trend we're seeing, everything's kind of shut down right now in a lot of ways, but do you think this education will come back? And if so, when? Um, I know the education will come back for a couple, couple ways. And one of those, like I said, adaptation. Um, one of the ideas that was is these small bottles that could be shipped to, or delivered to someone and either, uh, I produce a video that goes with them and they could have one or even a full bottle they have wine with their friends and they certain wines and they can just follow along without and they can do it whatever they want you know kind of their own party pack um the second idea would be um i can still have people in my establishment that are less than 10 people and we have enough spacing so i don't have a problem inviting people and saying okay we're going to have a vendor come in we'll do some tasting and you can still purchase wine so uh, right now, as long as I'm abiding by that, you know, 10 or less, and they're spaced out, I don't see that education's going to be an issue. So, so you think both will, you, the, the original plan will come back, but you'll probably keep the new plan and the, the enhancement from that. Right, right. Because this way, and you guys know, if we tasted wine, you find one you liked, you know, you don't have to wait for another tasting, hoping that it comes back around. You could be like, okay, I can get it. So, so why not try to be fill in the blank Lukens or Total Wine or someplace like that? Why, why not? Why not just go along with the status quo? So one thing I'm trying to do, is, and if you, I spend a lot of time looking at their prices also, and they buy in bulk, but they have huge overhead, and I don't have huge overhead. So I'm trying to meet or beat. If someone says, "Hey, I got this bottle of wine at Lukens for," Eight ninety nine. I was like, okay, I'll give it eight ninety seven. And then sometimes, if they're South Tampa Chamber working in Tampa Bay, they get additional five percent discount. And so nowadays, I think people would rather do stuff with the small business than the big business. And like I said, ed I think the education part is something that not a lot of people are doing. Well, I can attest to the education aspect because uh, 
I don't know, it's been three years going to wind down Wednesday or whatever. And as you know, only thing I drank was white before that. And it was really more Riesling than anything. And and here the last couple of years, I've, my palate's been opened up because we've tried it. And part of it has been because you've been there explaining. So I, I'm a testimonial to that. I think it's fantastic. Um, and a lot of people I've seen say, oh, well, I only drink red or I only do this or I only do that. A lot of wine is with food. So is there a possibility down the road that there'll be a wine pairing type of education that you'd have? Oh yeah, we have, we have a couple of those that are already in mind and some of them are just using simple things like, you know, a piece of shrimp, a piece of lemon, because that's what you're getting the taste of, different things like that. Um, wine dinner is probably not at this point right now. Um, the other thing for education is I've got, I've been, uh, I've got belong to a, a a group that we have different videos of different countries. So you get to watch like a 10 minute video and then you can taste a couple of the wines from that area. So it's not always listening to a vendor, listening to me, we're bringing other things in to try and make it as, as interesting as possible. If you're a business leader and you wanna do what you never thought possible, connect with Dr. Murfield at murfieldcoaching.com. That's murfieldcoaching.com. Karen, someone asked on Facebook to, to explain. Um, oh, the question disappeared because I only see the last five. To explain the difference uh, of a sommelier again. Or Okay, so Assam is basically worse than a restaurant, basically a restaurant, a high-end country club, things like that. So they train, uh, their, the, the training, the tests they have to go through are, are just crazy. It's like, it's a regular eight hour a day job. And so they train, 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 so they can do this huge test, but it's for service. You, they work in restaurants. And so my certification is WSET and this goes one, two, three, and I'm at two and I decided not to go three because that's all about the you, how you can rattle it off. This is a clear plus plus, you know, whatever. And I'm, like, I, I'm not interested in that part. I'm where I'm happy where I am, but I will take additional education. There's a few I want to do American wine expert. Um, there's an Italian, there's a Spanish. Um, so to specialize in certain areas that way. So the SOM is service and they help you pick the wines you want based on what you're going to eat. And mine is strictly the education part on different areas and wines from that area. So People are always looking for the easy button. I normally have that sitting right here and I don't have one in front of me today. They're always looking for the easy button or the, the secret sauce or whatever. For somebody that doesn't know anything about wine, where do they get started? I mean, besides two buck Chuck, I mean, where, where do you, where, where do you, where do you, where do they get started? What do they, what should they be doing? So my, my advice would be what we do is kind of, uh, I think we've done it for, I think the November when we do the movie, but basically I've gone to people's houses and they can still can do it, especially if you're close and you know, everyone's been quarantined and everyone's you're safe, but you have six or seven people and everyone brings a bottle of wine that's special to them, or they can have a story about it. And then you line them up light to heavy and you have a little tasting card and then you start tasting everything. And then all of a sudden you may get to the end going, oh my gosh, that Spanish wine is just astronomically, you know, awesome. So now you've tasted a bunch. And if you get to one like a Sauvignon Blanc, 
you may go, oh, like may sometimes it's too grapefruity. So you'll know that, and especially if you keep keep doing that and say, Sauvignon Blanc should use a grapefruity. So if you smell one, you're like, wow, this isn't this isn't as grapefruity. You might be more willing to give it a try. Um, especially American, there's a Sauvignon Blanc called Trion, which is just phenomenal. And I'm not a white wine drinker, but I've actually run into probably three or four or five recently now that I say, you know, I'll drink, especially with summer coming. So have a party. I like that. Uh, little Birdie told me that you were, before this shutdown, you were even planning on wine trips, wine tours. Yeah, well, we did have a trip planned to Spain for a dozen people, and uh, we kind of waited to the very end. We were waiting and waiting and waiting, and I think it was like the end of April. We're like, well, and it was to Spain, and we had set up uh, some tastings with, personal tastings with wineries that, you know, we're familiar with. So um, I guess we get our flight credit. Luckily, all the hotels, they were, you could be canceled up to 24 hours. So it was not an issue with that. And everyone just put in deposits. So um, we're probably not going to try and do it in the fall. We may think about it next spring again. That could be a yeah. lot of fun for people to get out and actually go to the wineries. Right. It's got to be fantastic. So part of the other idea was doing like long weekend trips to areas that people aren't familiar with. Like in Georgia, there's some good wineries in North Carolina, Virginia, Michigan. So doing those quick trips that, you know, it may be four or five days, but you know, it's not, it's not just Napa and Pasolos anymore. It's, there are good wineries if you look, you know, under the rocks. So Karen, I, I know that during the uh, the shutdown, the city of Tampa, well, this and the state of Florida changed some of the rules to make it easier for restaurants to serve. Did did any of those rules benefit your style of business, your type of business? Um, since we're doing online sales, not really. And once they basically said a restaurants can kind of open with the you know not too crowded, twenty five percent, mine would be less you know less than ten. Um, we're planning, actually, I have, uh, someone had to reserve something, uh, unfortunately, well, for me, for me, fortunately and unfortunately on a weekend, but I said, okay, uh, we can do it. But, um, I think eventually in the next week or two, we'll start doing the, um, we're probably going to do, we we're talking about doing wind down Wednesday and the education, a thirsty Thursday. So you're thirsty for education. So that would be strictly like I told you about the videos or tasting certain wines. And then Friday would probably be like a Friday frenzy that, you know, it's, it's, who knows what it might be. So trying to get a couple days that's, you know, near the end of the week uh, can meet a lot of people's dates. Like I can't do Wednesday, but I can do Thursday or I can't do Friday, but so that's kind of the idea. So hopefully it'll start relatively soon. For those that are center club members, uh, when can we look for the wind down Wednesday to come back? So uh, we had a meeting earlier this week and uh since they're still in the limited not more than 10 people um i told them we could probably do a wind down wednesday for like nine people uh, it can't be the last wednesday of the month because i'll be i'm going out of town but i could probably do it you know i can pick any other wednesday or every other wednesday and do something there and uh, see what happens uh you know but then it would be like you know you would have to make reservations because it would be only nine people and or the other thing we could do is get two bays and put nine in one room and nine in another room and, you know, go back and forth. <laughs> or just open up the door in between, couldn't you? 
Yeah, you probably could if you're far enough away. It's just two different events. Yeah, it works for me. Works for me, yeah. although we don't want a whole lot of people to know about Wine Bound Wednesdays, do we, Pat? No, not that's that's not something we're trying to get to grow. <laughs> yeah, but I take all the spillover in my place on the other three Wednesdays. How's that? <laughs> so Karen like a plan to me. <laughs> Karen, what advice would you give to entrepreneurs that are uh, either haven't launched their business yet or in the midst of launching their business and they're maybe one foot in and one foot out, what, what advice would you give from the experience you've been through? Uh, so since this is technically my second business I started, we recently closed the previous business. Um, it was computer services for 10 years. And um, it was kind of, it was a job, but this, is, this one right now is my passion. So I think the beginning is figure out what you want to do. Um, luckily, I was able to meet with someone and we kind of worked through some plans. What does it look like? Uh, trying to get a number of things started. Like you said, the licensing thing was a nightmare. I could write a book on how to do this because they don't tell you all everything and they have you chasing this and this and this. And so, um, so it's trying to get all your ducks in a row, get things figured out. But my best advice would have a strong support group. Because I've had people, I mean, it's just like, what do I, how do I do this? And someone says, well, try this and this, you know, or, you know, and just, just people are willing to help you out um, or give you advice or tell you, you know, maybe you want to think of something else. Uh, maybe not the job, but how you're doing it. So to me, my support system, I'll tell you what, I would not be, I would, I'd, I'd be like, forget it. I wouldn't even start if it wasn't for a good support system. So, uh, Is there any competitors like you in the area? You don't have to mention names, but uh, I'm not familiar with people who do online sales and education. Is that something new? No, it's not really. There are some, I know in South Tampa, in the Ebor, there's a, a wine shop. Is it called the wine shop, I think? Um, there's two of them. I know I think they do, they do some kind of education, I think once a month. I think I heard True Sellers does something. So, you know, there's occasionally some, they'll have some part of it. Occasionally, where we were at, we stepped there before this whole shutdown uh, at Rednecks, because uh, my friend Brian Page, the winemaker, was there. So he talks about the wines. It's not the total education thing, but it's still great to see a winemaker and have that. If you're a Florida real estate agent and you are looking to stand out above the rest, check out Momentum Real Estate at winmomentum.com. That's W-I-N momentum.com. To do it, I think 100% of, well, I won't say 100%, 75% because online sales will still continue. Um, I don't know anyone that's doing that and that's like their total you know, focus. So how did you come up with the idea then if you didn't know anybody that is already doing it? Um, I just took the model. I mean, we've been doing Wind Down Wednesday for what, five years, more than five years. Yeah. And it's a model that works. It's, we don't have to invite people. People show up. We have good wines. We have, I mean, everyone became fast friends. And usually they have this little group that loves to drink together, loves to share together information. And hey. Uh, I, it's I have one phone that rings and it drives one of the dogs nuts. I don't know why, but 
but anyway, so yeah, the education, I just, it's the same model as the, the you know, what we're doing the center club. It, it's a model that seems to work. You, if you bring vendors and you bring decent wine and people can taste it and there's no pressure. It's not, you gotta buy the wine, you know, or you can't come. It's like, I want people to know more about wine and, and experience, uh, you know, all that is wine. No, I, I think that's been the problem. I've had, I've, we had a wine tasting event in our office one time, and it felt like a high-pressured Mary Kay or Tupperware salesperson, um, you know, kind of standing at the door, blocking the door with a pen and an order sheet, and uh, it, it was a little unsettling. And they they had uh, inferior uh, product at superior prices. Yeah. Right, so I know, I probably know the group you're talking about on that one. There's another uh, vendor in town who does tastings. Um, my issue is, um, although they do a great job with education and information, they do a lot of pairings with meals, they have these obscure wines that you can only buy to them. And I don't, I'm not like that. We've always been honest. I tell you guys what the prices are at Lucan's, at, at Total Wine. Um, that's why I said now it's like I hope that you know I can share that information and say yeah I'd love you to buy for me but if you don't want to I totally get it but that's where I put the idea of saying I'll meet or beat and you'll say hey I can get this wine you have it for 12 bucks but I can get it for 10.99 as long as I'm not losing money I'm gonna try and meet or beat that price I love that model the one thing I also love is that you started actually started it with the free event you, right. you kind of discovered that by volunteering, by doing things through the club, and it and it there you kind of found what you wanted to do and how you wanted to do it. Discovered a whole new model, and I think that's a great bend to uh, to find the opportunity. I just think that's fantastic. And then it led to the charity classic our first year, where we have two hundred people, and um, I've got my vendors are like, hey, we got your parking lot. We can. It's not as big as that, but we we can do. Your grand opening, we can put up some canopies here and some tents and come and have a tasting. So that may be what the grand opening looks like when we can gather back together. <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, somebody asked a question, what's your all-time favorite wine? My, oh, oh that'd be hard. Um, it's gonna be a Spanish wine. Um, my all-time favorite. I think an Arzuaga Gran Reserva or a Muga Prada Aneo, like a 2006. And I happen to have two of those sitting in my closet, both of them. So it's like special occasions. shelf behind you there. Yeah, that half of them are like that. Yeah, I know. So see, I have this, I, people go, how do you collect wine? And now wine's an investment, I'll tell you guys. You can have the everyday wines and they're awesome. And the problem with the lockdown, I think I was talking earlier is, you go through your everyday wines and if you're not getting wine someplace, you're starting to look at like, oh, that's 35 bucks. Oh, that's 40 bucks. That's, and to sit and have wine, you're like, mm, no, I don't think so. So in order to build my collection um, and my investment, I buy myself a $50 or higher bottle of wine for my birthday. And then of course I drink something from my stash. And then at Christmas, I buy myself one. And a lot of times, so I might be, be gifted one. So now I've got two and I'm pulling one. So eventually you're, it's growing. There's some wines that are gonna sit there, they're not ready till 2027. And so you can keep track of when they're ready. Um, I am looking forward to, I have a 40th anniversary Camus, a 2012 
and got it for $49.99, was gifted to others. I think we drank one. But at $49.99, if someone wanted to purchase it for me now, the going price is like $3.25. So, and there are people who look for certain things like that. And they're like, okay, yeah, I'd like to have a bottle, but. Well, how do you, let's get into a little bit of the education, give them a sample of, of all that knowledge you have. And um, did someone say sample? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're good. You're a good learner, right? We're good. I, you got to open the bottle, Pat. And anyway, for those, um, when you're talking about finding those good wines, how do you know which of the $50 and up? Because you can really spend a bunch of money and you may not get any better wine than you want. How do you know which one to buy and which one to save? So luckily, sometimes I've had the opportunity to do some tastings. Um, if you can get um, higher end tastings, you'll have a vendor that uses a Corbin, which is a, a, a needle-based, gas-based tool where they can pour just like an ounce or so, and it preserves the wine. So even five years from you know that day, it's still the same. So you get to taste these $100 bottle of wine and knowing that this guy can pour 25 of these and if someone if they buy one it's well worth it so by tasting some of them is one um by uh people i respect or know and say hey this is definitely you know well worth the investing in it um the other thing is you guys you know i live by vivino and there are times i'll go someplace and i just want to try something different i've never had before and i do the rating if it's a 3.7 3.8 and the price is reasonable okay i'm i'm all for it if you're in a 4.1, 4.2, and it's like, you know, 60 bucks, 50 bucks, I'm willing to take a chance on that. So a lot of it is ratings, because everyone's pretty honest with stuff. And then the other part is, if you get a chance to taste things when you can, just, just like do it. But keep notes. People are like, yeah, I tasted all the stuff, but I don't remember what I liked. So you don't know what to get. I think that's one of the like advantages it. of the Vivino app is you can write your own notes, right? Right. Keep track of where you saw it at and what you paid for it and and whatnot, so you know what the true value was. Yep. Yeah, I like that. Uh, you know, the whole education aspect is is one of the things I really like about it. In the learning and exploring, I can't imagine how long it would take someone like myself to say I know it all about wine, because about the time you think you know it all you've missed all the new developments. It's that, that developing that fast, isn't it? Yeah, I think with you, um, it's that the bottle's empty by the time you uh, <laughs> think you know it all. Yep, and two bottles in, you're sure you know it all. <laughs> I don't okay. think anyone knows it all, actually, Lauren. I don't think anyone ever will, because it's like, that's why they have the next level and the next level. And I think it's up to everyone if they want to continue learning. You know, I know that there's a, they have an introduction to Italian wines. And I looked at the, the curriculum and it's like, the introduction to the 11 white grapes and then the 11 red grapes. And I'm like, how many grapes do they have in Italy? So there's a lot and it's probably more than that, but there's all kinds of, it's not just the wine, it's the fortified wines, you know, the ports and the, you know, all the things you, talk, you can go to Japanese, the sakis and all that, technically they can be included. So I don't think you can ever learn at all. So what is it about the Spanish wines that you like so well? So I used this descriptor the other day and someone's like, oh, I know exactly, I, now I know what you're saying. So I like a dry wine. The Tempranillo is my favorite. 
I like, and this is my descriptor, I like when you drink the wine, it sucks all the saliva out of your mouth and then you spit dust. So it's like that, that really dry, um, that those grapes really worked. Someone on Facebook asked if you could recommend a, a Greek wine, uh, not sweet, around 20 bucks or less. Greek, I'm not that familiar with. So okay. I probably, off the top of my head, could not recommend a Greek wine. Okay, so check Vivino and look for 3.8 or higher on that. Yeah, yep, Greek wines. Look at 20 bucks. And somebody else asked, how do you know if a wine should be decanted or not? Oh, decant or not, that is the question. So um, a lot of times, a, the better the wine, when you first, if you first taste it and you're like, whoa, this is really bold and really strong, sometimes it needs to open up and breathe a little bit. And if you're like most of me and my friends, you're not that patient. So you can decant it or you can aerate it, which you know, kind of is the same. A little aerator equals one, basically one hour of open air breathing. And we have had some wines recently that um, we're talking six aerations. <laughs> so it's like, just in order to drink it. So you aerate it, you taste it, and you know when it starts getting there. But I love the evolution of a wine. When I taste it and in the beginning and it's tight, you know it's not ready yet, but you know it's gonna be wonderful. And then you wait a little bit, even in your glass, twirl it, get some air in there, taste it again. Oh, it's starting to open up and relax a little bit later. And to watch that whole, whole graduation of a wine coming to exactly where you need it want it to be is kind of interesting but i would say the older the wine um decant especially if you there's sedimentation because you really don't want to pour that so and the, the people decanting is never going to hurt anything you now sometimes it makes it easier to pour out of the decanter unless you have the really fancy glass ones than it is out of the bottle but decanting doesn't hurt aeration helps if the wine is that kind of bold and kind of a little stringent and uh, you know it's not quite ready yet. But it won't hurt either, right? Nope, the candy Everything. does not hurt. Okay. Even if a wine is ready to go right from the bottle, the candy is not gonna hurt it. You're basically, all you're doing is pouring in the thing and, and, and doing the same thing in a glass, swirling it as you would be in just pouring it in a decanter. You're basically doing the same actions. sure to like, follow, and share us wherever you're tuned in today. I've been using this as a prop, but this isn't a very good wine glass, is it, Karen? It has its place. <laughs> but why is this not the preferred style, unless we're out on the boat or something? But If you're on the boat or on the beach or by the pool, Unless you have the polycarbonate, you know, uh, stem glasses, but they get tipped over. I, my pet peeve is those glasses. So, you know, it, and it's because two things, if you're drinking a white, the heat from your hands could warm it up faster than you want it to be. And the second thing is when I'm looking at wine, I don't want to see fingerprints over my glass. I want to see what the wine looks like. I want to see the legs. I want to see all those things. So, so if uh, anybody's out there as a server and they're serving Karen wine, keep your hands off the globe, right? That's it. Actually, the center club, they know that now because I, they used to do it. And I'm like, can I ask you please in the future? And I try to be really nice and I tell them why. Because it's like, I said, like to look at, I mean, I could have the same wine six days in a row, but I still want to see, okay, does this look like it's supposed to? Does it smell like it's supposed to? Um, you know, so yeah, 
I have friends who, can I taste your wine? And you're like, yes, if you know how to take it by my hands, <laughs> by the stem. So the, uh, you know, one of the, one of the negative aspects by non-wine drinkers is saying, oh, you're a wine snob because you swirl and sniff. Can you, can you correct that thinking? So, um, yeah, I, my friends sometimes will say I'm, you know, a snob sometimes because some wines I won't drink. And I don't think it's, I'm a snob. I think I'm, you know, I like wine. I know what I like. And it's kind of like, why would you drink something you don't like just because it's alcohol? That's not my thing. But sniffing the wine, it tells me, is it, and this part of it is like, what do you smell? And I challenge people to say, sniff the wine and try and think of at least one or two descriptors. What fruit do you smell? Um, and that just helps in blind tasting also. And then a lot of times you sniff it first and then you swirl it to get some air in there. So once you get air mixed in it, the molecules all of a sudden, you might get a little bit more, especially if you smell it and you're like, I don't smell anything. All right, swirl it, get some air in there. Now what do you smell? It's a little bit more. So it's not being snobby. And it's sometimes it's one of those, um, it's, helping the, it's helping the wine. It's the same as decanter. I'm only, I'm, this is kind of decanting my wine right now for me, so. Karen, somebody asked, oh, somebody asked, uh, what kind of, uh, what kind of wine glass do you recommend? What brand of wine glass do you recommend? Um, I don't recommend brands because like I said, if you want to pay for 79 bucks or higher for a Riedel and it breaks the first time, it's like, no. I recommend, if you have to have one glass, I recommend a, would be a Bordeaux glass, a, well, would be a little bigger than this one, but it's bowl and it's got a lot of room to have the wine. Um, you can put white wine in there, you can put champagne in there, put red wine. You can have all the glasses you want, but if you have to have one, I would say make it a nice Bordeaux glass, a nice bowl. It can be, if you like the rounder bowl, it can be that. If you, I like a little bit taller chimney, um, just so that, you know, the, uh, the air, the fumes can go up higher. But um, yeah, you don't, it, I don't recommend any glasses. And, and are you supposed to pour it uh Almost to the top, or do you put it? That, that's a Doug Smoss pour. That's a Doug Smoss pour, yeah, right? No, no. Yeah, Doug Smoss pour. If you're doing a tasting, like right here, this is perfect because I have, I can, I can really swirl this thing, and it's not going to go up. If you have it so high, um, you, there's no room to do anything with it. So, so unlike tasting. what the Blues Brothers would say, when they, when you get this much in your glass, um, that's probably a proper pour. So, well, I'll put it this way. If I know what I'm drinking, I'm not doing a testing, I'm not trying to figure out what it is, and I'm just going to sit down and have a glass of wine, yeah, I have no problem putting a half pour, I mean a half glass. I'm still going to just want to sniff and swirl, but um, I want to make sure I don't spill it all over myself either. So Karen, one of the things we talked about was, you know, trends, bends, and opportunities, and we, you have those. What, are there any other opportunities from any of this crisis that, uh, that you see that are going to um, change your business going forward? Um, down the line, I think with the education part, I'm not gonna be hosting everything. Um, I probably before this with the information, I had a few uh, corporate people wanting to have large type events for their, for their employees. So kind of bringing the same thing, bringing some wines, letting people taste, getting some education in there. I'm just kind of having a good time. Something, something they couldn't do, you know, on their own. Interesting. And uh, then you will go in once the shutdown and all that. You would, uh, if somebody said, 
I've got a dozen friends that I'm having over. Would you come into our house and do the tasting? You do that, right? Yep. I, I was doing that before. Say before, I could still do that as a service um, because I basically, I would get paid for, they would pick the wines or pay for the wines or whatever it might be. And I was basically getting paid for the education. So at this point now, the same idea, um, you know, I, they can say, I want wines. In fact, I did one in, before the shutdown, in New Tampa, we did a wine 101, same thing you guys have had before, brought the same wines. Um, I've done just a miscellaneous, pick my favorite. Some of them may say, give me a, they may give me a theme, and then I pick wines and go from there. So, yeah, in-house works just as easy. It sounds like a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Absolutely. And but before we wrap up, uh, how do people get a hold of you and uh, find out about your business? So um, the website, I think it's like, days away from being ready and it'll say right now you can't buy anything but um it'll be corequeen.com is a website all the wines that are on there right now i think there's 22 of them are available for me to get if anyone's interested they can email me at karen at corequeen.com or sales at corequeen and if they say hey you know i see you have this can i get you know extra money bottles right now they'll get sent an invoice and it'll get free delivery at this point if they're in the certain let's say in the local Tampa area. Okay. I, I have one on person. Facebook so folks that are watching uh, can see it on the Facebook group. And I uh, have one, one purchaser in, uh, they live in Pinellas, but we meet in, uh, at the West Shore Mall, you know, every once in a while. It's almost like that, that drive-by deal where they just drive, pop the trunk, and I just throw the wine in the back and they don't have to get out. Hey, I've known people to do that with ribs before, so. Yeah, and eat them in the Costco parking lot. I've heard of that. Like, that's no contact, though. That's the way it's supposed to be, right? <laughs> yeah. It, it's it works. It's being approved. Yep. So, well, Karen, this has been great. We appreciate uh, you coming on and talking with us and sharing your trends, bends, and opportunities. And uh, we certainly wish you luck. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, supporting your business. <laughs> Yep. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I, I totally, totally enjoyed it. Absolutely. And we, we encourage people to go back and watch the, the video, the replays, go to thinkingdisruptive.com. You can look at all the past ones. And um, Karen, we, we will work so that you can put a link or something on your website so that you can have this on there. But uh, Pat, should I take them out? Take us out. Send us home for Friday. You know, this has been a great example of people, of Karen thinking bigger, reaching higher, doing what a lot of people never thought possible, even in the middle of government bureaucracy, frustration. Uh, I know I heard about some of the code um, things that she had, hoops she had to jump through. But build yourself a good team around you, good resource people. Think bigger, reach higher. And let's shoot to do what no one thought we could do. Do the impossible. Thank you. Let's see you back on Monday. Take care. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Karen. You can connect with us directly at TotalCareerGrowth.com. That's TotalCareerGrowth.com.